Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business owner or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to get that great talent and keep them, we can help. Check us out to book a free consultation and create a customized benefits package that fits your business and budget. Back again, I'm your host as always, Robin Bailey, here with the fantastic co-host, Al McDonald. Al, the sun shining. I know you're getting out on your bike. You're right. It looks like a great weekend and I've been fortunate the month of May has been some great weather on the weekends. Usually we get some rainy days in there, but this has been good so far and it looks like it's going to be another great weekend. Not too hot, not too cool perfect riding weather and that's where i'll be just right for no it's not latex that you wear what it's spandex spandex <laughs> latex might latex, look a little no. funny on a bike <laughs> okay just for the record al is not wearing latex while riding his bike it's spandex yes okay it's so enough. just to keep Very an eye out enough. for our, our bicyclist friends because of course you know we always want to share the road with them Al, would you say we've gotten to the point with the podcast? I mean, we're 141 episodes released, 150 recorded, which is very surreal to me. But one thing that's happened in the last, I would say, year now, and it was based on my premise that really good people know other really good people. And we're getting these amazing introductions to people that we like right from the get-go. And today's guest is exactly that. We met Jared Kahn, who is the co-founder and CEO of TechEasy, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, we call them chemistry calls because we want to see if there's chemistry. And there definitely was just a great person. So we wanted to invite him on the show. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about TechEasy. And I'm going to ask you some questions too, Jared. But TechEasy provides nationwide on-demand expert tech and IT support, including computer repair, Wi-Fi services, smart installations, and TV mountings, and more. So we're going to talk about more. But first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And thank you for that kind intro as well. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, I think you nailed it on the head right there. That's exactly what we do. Well, we want to dig into your story, but can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit more about TechEasy, maybe the genesis of it? Like, where did this all come from? Yeah, so TechEasy really comes from the idea that we want to make technology as easy and accessible as it can be for everyone. And so to do that, we came up with the idea to create a platform that connects people that need help with technology. So with their phones, computers, printers, smart home equipment, what have you, to local, friendly and trusted experts who can help them with that service. And also we can provide the products. It can be done the next day. It's really just an overall, a much better experience. Now, what would really impress me, Jared, is if you could help my other business partner, Joe Ferreira, <laughs> because Joe is one of those people where it doesn't seem to matter 
what technology it is. Well, just, except the phone. Except the, the phone. Yes, I, I would agree with you with the phone, but any accessories along the, with the phone. <laughs> and I always joke with Joe, like we ordered um, the Apple earbuds. And of course, Joe was having issues with them. And I said, geez, I said, Apple promised me the refurbished would be just as good as the new ones. <laughs> so we have this joke because he does have some challenges with tech. And, you know, certainly he appreciates the support that he gets. You know, I'm going off a little bit off topic about what we're talking about. But, you know, for someone who doesn't use much tech at all, he's incredibly successful. So if we can get a little more uh, tech in his hand and make it uh, useful, then I think we'll be doing great things. Yeah. So Jared, you know, we talked about customer experience. I mean, that's something that we both share, that we both want to deliver to our, our clients. And in your words, you wanted to deliver exceptional customer service experiences. And you said when we were chatting offline about using a combination of technology and human interaction, I guess I'm wondering, how do you strike the balance between leveraging technology, which is great, using that for efficiency and maintain, but at the same time, how do you balance that with still having a human touch in that customer journey. Yeah. And I think that's really the key to what makes Tech Easy special and what sets us apart. It's really the connection of people that are already meeting up to a very small degree. So there are already people out there who help others with their technology. So they'll come to their aunt's house and set up her TV or get the you know wireless speaker going for them or things like that. What we want to do is facilitate that connection. And so we use technology to facilitate it, but not to encumber it. And so that's really how we go about designing the overall customer experience. And then also, you know, when you think about retail as a much larger market, you have two options, right? You either go into the store, someone shows you how to use your product, you take it home, maybe you get it set up, maybe you don't, or you buy it online and it comes directly to you. You know, you have everything available to you within a couple of days and it comes directly to your home. What if you can put those two things together and have the best of both worlds where you get the product, you can order it from your home. It comes directly to you, but it also comes with a person who can set it up. They can show you how to use it. They can really take you through the features and benefits of the product, not only helping the customer with that product, but also creating uh, what I like to call as brand advocates for these companies and, you know, the brands with the products. And so that is really the key of the whole experience. I love that idea because I remember years ago, this is going back many years, I bought a TV at Best Buy and they said, oh, do you want to have someone configure it? And I'm like, why would I want to have someone configure it? I can figure this out. And the amount of stress and anxiety that ensued with me trying to figure out how do I get this picture? And to this day, I don't think it's the right picture. So if I had someone that order, I could order something, someone could come in, to your point, get that human touch and get that great customer experience. I think that's really worthwhile. Do you see the opportunity, maybe not in your space, in your industry, but do you see an opportunity for other entrepreneurs to kind of model what you're doing in terms of having that human touch and creating that great customer experience? Yeah. And I think it would be to make sure that the technology piece always facilitates the interaction that's already happening. So it's just making it easier for those two entities to connect and making it very simple for the customer to come in and figure out exactly what they need and for the technician to be able to go execute and do a good job if it's a similar type of business model. But I think on a broader scale, I would say 
it's really about keeping the customer at the heart of all the decisions that you're making. It's keeping in mind who they are, where they're from, what are their interests? Why are they going to use your service? How do they want to be reached? Is it through marketing? Is it through emails? You know, all of these different elements that you really have to think through of how to speak and communicate effectively with your customer. So I would say that as well. So Jared, maybe you can talk a little bit because technology and human interaction don't always go together, right? There's quite often a disconnect there. So like, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about when you're partnering with the brands, how are you going about making sure that you're getting the right people for what it is that you wanted to deliver to the customer? Because I would think maybe some of that's a little bit out of your hands. Would that be true? Well, you try to reduce it as much as possible. So like for us, for example, we have a broad range of technicians that are contracted with us. And usually the types of work that we do fall into three buckets of sort of a tech expert that we use. And so you can really limit the amount of times that the technician going there doesn't have the ability to solve that issue. But what we do on the back end is if they're not able to, say, do an extra part of the job that the customer wanted that it would be under another technician, then they can actually help that customer set up a time for someone else to come and and help them with that item. It happens very rarely where we don't have the right technician on site to help for what you're looking for, because I would say 80% of what we do is helping someone set up their printer or helping someone put a smart doorbell in. And so these things are quite repetitive and easily trainable. And so that's how we control it. Makes sense. Can you talk maybe then and just expand on that? So like, what have you learned about some of the collaborations and alliances that you have with some of the uh, brands that you work with? Yeah, so I've learned that to have your own in-house network of technicians is quite expensive. And also there's limitations on hours of the day. And if your company is in multiple markets, it's tough to house that inside the company. So that's the first thing. The second thing is these companies, their main focus is their core business, right? Which a lot of times is not on having these technicians available that can take their products and set them up. But it's such a value add for their customers because now, you know, they're not just getting the product, but they're having this very much like luxury experience of having someone come and walk them through the process. So Jared, you started to talk about some of the challenges, right? Like how expensive it is to have your own people in house for that type of thing. I've talked about this before, so this will be a little bit of a repeat, but there have been times in my entrepreneurial journey where I wanted to pull my hair out. And there's been challenges that I faced. And looking back at the time, I was not happy about facing these challenges because they were challenges and I didn't know what I was going to do. But now I've learned from them, right? Those obstacles that you face, you do learn things. And you don't have to get into specifics about some of the biggest challenges that you face, but maybe rather talk about facing those setbacks. What have you learned from that? And now kind of with hindsight is 2020. And how has that shaped who you are and your leadership style with your company now today? So I would say the first one and probably the most meaningful one that I've had in my life has been, I used to play a lot of basketball growing up and I played for a big high school program in Western Canada. We were actually the number one team in the province in my grade 12 and graduating year. And uh, we made it to the, like basically the championship of all the high schools in the three provinces on the West Coast. And in the final game, we were up by 20 points in the second half. We were kind of coasting to the win. 
and I dove for a loose ball and someone dove on top of me. And I just remember hearing a crunch come out of my leg and some very not nice pain. And so I ended up breaking my leg and needing to be in a cast for the next few months, which meant my plan for playing basketball in college on scholarship here in Toronto was pretty much vaporized. And so I didn't realize it at the time, but that was a massive setback in terms of my planning. But what actually ended up happening was I had always been starting businesses on the side. So I've done it all. You know, I've done lemonade stands. I used to buy and sell golf balls. I've done it all. And then ended up starting a property services company with two of my good friends. And before we knew it, we're doing close to half a million dollars in revenue. And we were kind of all doing it on the side. And we went through so many growth pains together. We learned so many things about business. And I always felt like, why doesn't everyone do this? You know, and you you learn lessons throughout where you know why not everyone does it. But as long as you learn from your lessons the first time, I think you're doing good when it comes to business. And so it kind of ended up steering me into more of a, a business focus. But I take that forward today. I use, I would say, mostly the similar type of leadership style that I used when I played basketball. It's a very much a servant leader type role where I feel like I'm working for my people to make them successful, because ultimately, if they're successful, then the company will be successful. And I always say there's nothing in the company that I wouldn't do myself. You know, I've done literally everything. So I would say that as well. I can't resist the temptation here to make a bad joke about a bad situation. But especially since you brought up the lemonade stand, I can't resist saying, hey, you made lemonade uh, out of uh, when life dealt you a lemon. So it's, it's thank a bad you. joke, but I can't, no, I, I can't. I, no, I couldn't I help like, it. I like it. I like it. Well, as Jared was answering, I cringed when he talked yeah. about the crack in his knee. Like I felt it. I, I didn't play basketball. Please never. If you and I ever get together, I'm happy to do a patio with you, but do not put a basketball in my hand. It'll be embarrassing for you and for me. But I felt when you talked about that and I've always believed sport is really good training ground for business and for life. And I've been fortunate enough to have both my business partners who have been coaches for many, many years, and they bring that to the business too. And it's not about, hey, I'm the coach, you got to listen to me. It's about, hey, here's how we're going to operate as a team. And here's how we're going to win together. In fact, we just launched a campaign for both sides of our business. And we are either going to win together, or we're going to lose together as a true team. So I think that's really important. And I'm glad you shared that because especially younger entrepreneurs, I want them to hear that it's okay to fail. The world will not end. It'll be okay. Take those chances. And you know, when you're having that conversation as we are many years from that time, you're going to realize, ah, that was a great learning experience for me. Absolutely. Well, we're getting there, Al, but I do have another question for, because your signature question is coming up, but I do have a question because you know, we always talk about business here and the entrepreneur journey. And a lot of times we do get into, you know, you told us about lemonade sands, which I also did as well. But life is not all about business. It can't be, right? Like you've got to have something outside of it. And we know you like basketball. I don't know if you still do that. But what do you do in your downtime? Because in my world, in the benefits field, mental health has become such a more important conversation, especially living through the pandemic. You know, we see more claims. So I'm a big advocate of you've got to have something outside of work, whether that's photography, whether it's bike riding like Al. For years for me, it was martial arts. Now it's working out and running and things like that. What are you doing in your downtime? Like, what are you doing to get away yeah. and just have some Jared time? Yeah, you're right. So important. Mine has always been, I've been lucky in my life to always have sports be a really big part of it. 
I feel like sports has taught me so much, not just about obviously the individual sports, but just like how to operate in a team, how to manage tough times, how to rally all of these important things. So I do still play quite a bit of basketball. I'm a big golfer when I get the chance. I have four-year-old twins at home as well. So there's a preference there between golf and them. And I also get the chance to do a lot of reading and absorbing information and content, you know, YouTube and all of these new ways of being able to learn new things very quickly. And so I think it's a mixture of all that. And then I'm also very grounded in my family. I like to spend time with all of them on a regular basis. I find it really helps. And I've been very lucky in my life to have a lot of mentors. I'm by far the youngest of three. So my brother is 14 years older than me and my sister is 10 years older than me. So they were kind of my first mentors. And from there, I've always really had some good mentors. I can definitely relate to the twins at four. I've got twins, but they're growing. I mean, they're almost adults now. But yeah, busy times. And I do remember at those younger ages, it's busy. (laughs) At the same time, four years old is a great age, quite honestly. Um, It's a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun. Enjoy it while you can. But I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball right now. Sure. What are you most thankful for in your life? There's a lot of things, actually. I actually have a list. Well, why don't you go through it? That would be great. Okay. All right. So first on the list... Just the fact that you have a list, though. Talk about that. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So it was actually from one of my leaders at TELUS, actually during the beginning stages of the pandemic when I was still working at TELUS. He had one on his computer and he talked about it. And so right after that, I did a list as well. And I update it somewhat regularly, If there, but there hasn't been many changes. So Do you want to share some of those? Sure. So, I mean, the first is my family. That's my wife, my kids, um, and just my greater family. The second is my health. I'm lucky to be somewhat healthy (laughs) at the moment. So taking that as a win. My business, I really love what I'm doing right now. I feel very engaged in the business right now. We're going through some big, exciting times. So very excited for that. Sports, so that I can play sports. Be Having a home and being Canadian. That is a great lesson. Again, the fact that you've got it written down tells me a lot and your willingness to share. Interestingly, we did a little bit of an exercise not too long ago with our team, you know, where we just said, hey, you know, write down what you're thankful for. And, and we shared that. I think it was valuable because we do, we quite often forget, take things for granted and forget that things are going on in our lives that we can truly be grateful for. So yeah. I thank you for sharing that. And I think it's great that you got a list. Just to add one more, my leader at the time also told us his, and at the bottom of his, he had another day. So I think that's like a good one to end on as well. Absolutely. Well, speaking of ending, I think we're ready for my question. Are you ready to answer? Yeah, I've been thinking about this one since our last meeting. So I'm ready. All right. Well, here we go then. As society grows great, when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? Absolutely. So I think this actually talks to something that I mentioned a little earlier, which was around mentorship. So I've been very fortunate in my life and in my career that I've had a lot of really good mentors. And so for me, one thing that's very important is I want to be that same type of mentor for others. And so I've had the opportunity to do it a few times now in my career. I'd like to do it a lot more. So if there's anyone listening (laughs) that wants to reach out, I'm happy to have a conversation. But yeah, so I think that's the main thing I'm trying to do. And then also just be a leader in my community. 
Because I think that our ideal state is that we leave this place better than we found it. (laughs) And so it's obviously not an easy task, but I think we can definitely do it. So that's an important piece as well. Well, again, that's a great answer, great attitude to have and a great approach. So I'm betting you will get some people reaching out to you. Awesome. And Jared, I mean, this is just proof that, again, really good people know other really good people. So we're going to ask you to start giving some thought to who else do you know that we Mm -hmm. can talk to? Because this has been a really enjoyable couple of conversations now because we chatted offline before. And I'm really glad we're connected. So I want to thank you for joining us today and sharing your story. What's the best way for people to reach out? As you said, whether it's questions about this episode or what you're doing or maybe being a mentor, what's the best way to reach out if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Tech Easy? Yeah, I would say just reach out to me directly. My email is my first name. So J-A-R-E-D period K-A-H-N at techeasy.ca, T-E-C-H-E-A-S-Y.ca. So I think that's probably the easiest way. I've got LinkedIn as well. You can find me on there or you can visit our website and submit a contact form and just mention that you'd like to speak with me. Any way works. Perfect. Thanks so much, Jared. Well, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. Mm -hmm.